Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam and a change to the advertiser presenter this week, I am joined by Dan. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, not bad. How are you? Knackered, mate. (laughs) I I got back from London in the early hours. I had the nightmare that is the words replacement rail bus service. And now I ended up getting back from uh, Wembley at 3am. So, yeah. I'm sort of blurry-eyed. That's a long day for you. That was a long day, yeah. (laughs) Today, I got in at 3am, I was up at 6 for work, and that hurt. I'm too old now. 35, I mean, you're still, you know, a whippersnapper. But yeah, yeah, 35, that hurt today. And um, yeah, I've I've been drinking a lot of caffeinated drinks. I'm not going to advertise anybody, but basically very wide-eyed right now and Probably after the podcast, going to go to sleep. <laughs> did, did it give you wings? It might have done. It might have done. <laughs> if, if if each can gives me wings, I I am covered in wings right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no I've had it well. I mean, I obviously watched it uh, just at home. Um, yeah. And for me, it was a uh, well. It seemed like a long night after two minutes in. Uh, I, I think yeah. it was going to be a long night, but yours might have been slightly worse than that. For, for people who travel quite a way to a game, um, you know, I, I know people who travel to every Tottenham home game. They're season ticket holders, and they travel from Cornwall. Right. I whenever we concede an early goal, I always think to myself, imagine being them. You know, mm. you've travelled about four to five hours to get there. Serious cost. You're there. Two minutes in, bang, one nil down. Like, really? Oh, why have I done this? Yeah. It's almost <laughs> um, like a, a West Brom or somebody as well. <laughs> well, yeah. well, it wasn't last night, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. That is, yeah, dire, but not Eric Dyer, as in it is dire. So we got a lot to chat through. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the Barcelona game because that mm. was last night, and that's probably what everybody's thinking about right now. We've got a few discussion points and questions from our Facebook page from fellow fans, which I want to run through, and obviously a few other bits and pieces. But I actually want to open up with the news today that it's been confirmed that we will face West Ham in the fourth round of the League Cup or the Carabao Cup, or whatever they want to call it this year. And it's going to be on the 31st of October, Halloween. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, it's, uh, it's going to be a bit of a, a fixture pile-up again. Yeah, um, massively. We seem to have it every season because we obviously play in either the Champions League or Europa League or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, in terms of fixture congestion, most clubs manage to deal with it. Um, those that compete in the Champions League, but... We seem to struggle with it. I think it's um, it's probably a lack of squad depth or, or something like that. Um, well, I, I think squad depth is possibly could be the theme of, of the podcast today because I dare say it's going to come up a few times as we chat through. Mm. Um, with the fixtures as well, the other thing that I think needs to factor in, of course, we don't have a home stadium. So when it comes to scheduling home games, like the Man City game was originally a Saturday at our stadium. It was going to be an evening kickoff. But Wembley is unavailable both the Saturday and the Sunday. So when we had to reschedule that because we obviously weren't opening the stadium, the only date available is the Monday, 
What yeah. that means is we now play Man City on the Monday night, we play West Ham on the Wednesday, and we have another game on the Saturday. Yeah. And when you look at the fixtures after the international break, we're actually playing seven games in 21 days. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be brutal. It's, it's kind of... It's still early in the season, and I I always get a little bit you know must win people say stuff like that, but it could be quite a a make or break part of the season for us. I mean that that's incredible. You say seven games in twenty one days. Yeah, yeah. That's that's mad. Yeah, that that is actually mad if you think about it. I mean, it's it, it's not going to be pretty. Like no, mm. that. Well, over that period, it's going to be nightmarish. Well, we are right now, you know, we're about to enter this period. You know, we've yeah. got the international break coming up. And I've just seen today that only Deli Ali has not been called up to England because obviously he's injured at the moment. So they've called up Harry Winks. Yeah. So Winks, that, yeah. who has yeah. just come back from serious injuries, just started playing again, finding his feet, he's been called up by England. Now, I'm delighted for him, and I, I genuinely do think the kid merits it. But there is this, this feeling, you know, they're playing Croatia and Spain, the two games that England players are going to want to play in, etc. we got Trippier there, we've got Harry Kane, Eric Dyer. If they come back injured, or fatigued even... And we're about to enter seven games in twenty-one days. It's going to be a nightmare. I mean, it, it's not nothing new either. Uh, no, the, the last no, international break, we really like everybody's praying that Harry Kane would be given a rest because, yeah. you know, it, I mean, he's, he's found his feet again now, which is fantastic news. But yeah. before that period, when he was getting called up for England, he just needed it. It sort of looked like he needed two, three weeks off, just give, give him a yeah. break, and internationals is perfect for that, but no, he, I agree. He's, he's captain of England, like, they're, obviously they're going to sort of call him up. Yep, and and I mean, he's, um, I've talked about it with Matt before, He he's the kind of guy who, similar to any young lad really who plays football, playing for your country is the pinnacle, really, I mean, we're, we're Tottenham fans, so obviously our focus really is Tottenham, especially if you're not English. Um, but it is, it is worrying to me that, you know, you look at the fixture pile-up and it does come back down to the squad depth thing. I, I looked across the benches that were available from the English teams in the Champions League games this week. Yeah. And it is frightening, actually, the, the, the disparity between us and our rivals. So the fellow Champions League teams have to be considered by us our rivals and then you can probably add to that Chelsea and the uh, sorry Chelsea and Arsenal as well yeah. and these are the sides that we're kind of facing against now the Arsenal squad I'm not convinced has the depth of the other teams that I've mentioned no, um, no I, I, I look at their bench and I look at their first team and I still think we are a level above them at the moment. And that's not just, you know, because it's Arsenal. I, I genuinely do think that. I'd agree, yeah. I, I look at Chelsea and, uh, you know, they've got in Hazard a genuine world-class player who, for me, you know, you can put up there in discussions. You know, Messi, Ronaldo, I think Hazard deserves to be up there having, you know, with Neymar and a few others to be included in very, very good football players. And he's a genuine match winner for him. And his form so far this season has been phenomenal. Uh, mm -hmm. Just a joy to watch. And you look across their squad and they have got depth. 
Yeah, um, I mean, Chelsea are one of those teams where they've got. Well, e- even if somebody like Ruben Loftus Cheek, I'm one of the, yep. like the biggest fans of him, and and uh, yep. the young lad that's been called up from uh, alone at Derby, Mason Mount. Yep. Uh, I, I know you follow you football, but I, yeah. I, I watched him a couple of seasons ago and thought he would be destined for big things. And both of those players, if they were in Tottenham's academy, would have been called up to the first team and, and would be playing sort of week in, week out. I agree. Chelsea, uh, they, I don't think they've really played Ruben Loftus-Cheek this season, apart from no. you know five minutes off the bench here and there, uh, which is criminal because he was at the World Cup and you know he got minutes. He, he he is a talented player who needs games. You watch how well he played last season. He was he was on loan at Watford, I think. Crystal Am I right? Pal- was it no, Crystal, Crystal Palace? Crystal Palace, Crystal yeah, Palace. Yeah. sorry, yeah. And and he, he was great. You know, yeah. really, really good player. And I know Palace wanted him there. Um the player is obviously earning very good money at Chelsea because everyone at Chelsea earns very good money. Yeah. Um but I, I don't know. you know, you see like Ross Barkley went there. And Ross Barkley's getting a few opportunities now, but at the same time, I'm not—I've not seen him kick on. You know, he—he he kind of made the move from Everton, but to me, he still looks like Everton's Ross Barkley. He doesn't nothing's changed, and and I wouldn't necessarily put him a massive step up from where Loftus Cheek was last season. What you, what you wanted to see from Barkley is what he would have got at Spurs, which is. It had been given sort of a pivotal role. You'd have actually yeah. seen him influencing games, which you don't do for Chelsea, which is no. another case of wasted talent. I mean, they've got so much players, and you know, you know, in January they'll probably go and spend another fifty million pounds and sign someone yeah. else. But um, yeah, when you look at just sheer quality on the bench, they've got players in the reserves that that are good enough to play in in the Premier League, and you yeah, know, I agree. They don't play them, but I think Man City's probably the worst one for it. Or recently, well, in terms yeah. of the, you know the quality on the bench, like they, they signed Mares for sixty mil. Was it sixty? Yeah. He, he's on the bench most games, and he's on the bench because they've got bloody uh, Sane and Silver yeah. and. Whoever else is playing, and you know it, it's criminal that they're on the bench. Um, oh, it's... And meanwhile, you know against Barcelona with ten fifteen minutes to go at three two, we're bringing on Sissoko. Don't, don't, I can't, I, I, I can't, I, 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 I saw that happening, and I, I just, I, I try my best in every situation to be. A supportive supporter, you know, and yeah. there is there is no sense just getting on the guy's back before he's even come on, you know. It's just what what's that going to do for him? But I do genuinely, and I think I possibly speak for a lot of Tottenham fans, where he's been with us a while now. You know, we've given him, you know, granted we've all been very critical because of how poor he's been. No one can accuse us all of being too snap judgmental on him, can they? You know, we. <laughs> We yeah. we could all we could all be a bit accused of that at times, you know. We write players off. Oh, you know he's rubbish. Uh, the amount of people I'm seeing backtracking their opinions on Lamella at the moment is quite amusing to me. But yeah. Sissoko, I think everyone can kind of agree. Look, he just isn't up to it. He just isn't a player for me at a Premier League level, or or not to sound arrogant, he's not at Tottenham's level where we need to be. He certainly isn't Champions League level for yeah. me. Yeah, well, this is it. When when he came, 
everybody was was you know they were confused as to why we signed him because nobody wanted him, and he became a bit of a scapegoat for that reason yeah. alone. And obviously he didn't get off to a good start. He didn't have a preseason, whatever. Second season, you're looking at how good our squad's been recently, and you look at yeah. someone who's like Sissoko who's struggling. And again, it's it's sort of fun to, to sort of pick on him a little bit and yeah. and crit- now it's got to the point where we actually want him to do well. Yeah. Like you see him come on, and you think, right? Please, just, just. Yeah, just show us. Yeah, just, just show us a little bit of quality, or, or don't mess up, yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, let it, let this be the game you look like that Euro sixteen player yeah. we all saw. Honestly, I mean, I, I don't think it's for lack of effort or anything either. I, I honestly think he works hard, and he must do. Otherwise, yeah, Pochettino would have got rid of him. I was about to say that there's no way he'd still be at the club if he wasn't a a decent bloke around the squad and b a hard worker because uh, you know I think you can be the most talented player in the in the world, a la Marcus Edwards. But if you're not doing the things Pop wants you to do, you're you know you're gone. Yeah, it, so it, it, it's it just, just a real shame he doesn't have the quality. Well, it, I mean. We're, we're, let's let's move on now into the Barcelona game, and we'll start with Sissoko. He came on, and really, I mean, we were going for it, and I was really proud of us for going for it. A lot of teams losing like out of Barcelona with all their quality, it would have been just so easy just to go, all right, you know, we're going to lose three two. That's not a disgrace, you know, <laughs> or or lose three one, and teams could have just gone through the motions just. Let's just make sure this doesn't get embarrassing. Yeah. So I, I was proud of us for going for it, and it showed that we had belief in ourselves that we could cause some problems, and we really did cause them problems. You know, from my vantage point, we opened them up a fair few times, and Sissoko coming on, you know, the guy is fairly quick, he is pacey, he is big built, and you kind of think to yourself, well, if he can help us counter attack, if he can bring the ball forward at pace. This, this could be quite good. And like I said a minute ago, this is me trying to kind of justify it in my brain. But the thing that I saw, and I mean, you watched it on TV, so maybe you can break this down better for me. But yeah. I I got a little bit of blame for Lloris for their fourth goal. Um, because yeah. I felt at that stage, we've brought on Lorente. Why the hell are we playing tiki-taka at the back? Why aren't we pumping it to Lorente and Kane? Yeah. There was just no need for us to do that. But to me, the ball went to Sissoko and he just ran away from it. Uh, it, it's, it well, he didn't want the ball. I think mean, it's like whenever you get a player that doesn't have confidence, they don't want the ball. And with strikers, yeah. they don't want to get in the area. With yeah. sort of defenders and things like that, they you know they'll they'll back off. They you know they won't be confident in the tackle. With midfielders, they don't want the ball. Yeah, they, they'll I... actively shy away from getting the ball. And that like you know you look at someone like Winks who uh, is getting back into you know back into it. Yeah, that's one of the best assets of his game. Is he always seems to be want the ball. Yeah. He's always yeah. looking for it. Suzuka, that's not the type of guy he is. No. I don't think he's ever had the uh, the confidence on the ball to like grab the game by the scruff of the net. But you know, like you say, with with like five minutes, it wasn't even five minutes left. It was it was added time when uh, yeah. when that goal went in, and somebody on the page mentioned it. They said, "Look, you're going to put Lorente on the pitch. He's yeah. like six foot, like whatever he is, yeah. six foot seven. I don't know." But he's yeah. he, like obviously he's, he's got quality, but one of the biggest assets he's got is his height. Yeah. You've got him, you've got Harry Kane, you've got about three other players that are just in the final third of the pitch, waiting yeah. for any sort of knockdown. 
and Larice is bowling it out to, to Sissoko, and it's it's not it's not a scapegoat in terms of like criticizing him now. It's no. it's it's just decision making, and, and you know I think well two two of the goals were Larice's fault yesterday. It's the first and the fourth one. It's both decision making, and that's not what yeah. you expect from a, a World Cup winning captain. Well, I mean uh, to talk about Larice, I, I that. I, I'm going to say something now and people are probably going to wonder what the hell I'm on about. How many uncharacteristic errors does a goalkeeper have to make before they become characteristic? Yeah, yeah. Now, now here, here, here's a stat. Matt's not here this week, but here is a stat. Hugo Lloris has now made the most unforced errors leading to goals of any goalkeeper in the Premier League over the last two seasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me because, you know, it, it does seem to be a recurring thing. And yeah, he, uh, I make no qualms to saying he's world class. I said it I said it earlier, you can't yeah. win the, the Blue World Cup as, no. as captain of France and have won everything that he's won with, like, Lyon and, you know, without yeah. being world class. And you look at some of the saves he made. I mean, I remember one against Crystal Palace a couple of seasons ago. It was really early on in the season, and I think we'd won like 1-0 or something like yeah. that. It was such a close game. And it's those sort of saves where you just think, wow, Hugo is yeah. actually... He saves us so many points or wins us so many yeah. points. Um, but when he makes those mistakes, you really think what is going through his mind... Um, it's been a t- tough time for him recently, and obviously he's been injured. He's, he's had his issues with, uh, with the police, but yep. he's been well, thrown I, into I... this massive game uh, on the back of Gazaniga playing really well. So you, you can only assume he was fully fit. And uh, yeah, two minutes in, he's made this rash decision to run to the edge of the area, got nowhere near the ball, and it it's an insane. empty net. Yeah. Insane. It, it, it was just a poor. He knew it, you know, and everybody knew it. He just a total mistake. Do you think it, perhaps it was him trying to do too much? You know, feeling like he had to do something, like a point to prove. Oh, God, I, I mean, we can overanalyze it. I think, of course. Um, yeah. I, I think that that is his role. He's always been that sweeper keeper. He's always going to run out. You know, he's always going to try and help his defence if he can, but yeah. he's just completely misjudged it. I think it's it's probably, if if anything, it's a case of, of uh, lack of game time recently and, and yeah. you know, ma- not match fit or whatever in terms of, you know, if, if that same scenario would come 10 minutes into the match once he had, had you know, his feet on the ball or whatever, he probably, yeah. he probably wouldn't rush out there. But it's come so early on and he's just been exposed and, uh, and yeah... It, it, is put on the back foot. Yeah. No, no, well, that's fair. I am um, just a quick thing before we sort of rattle on with chatting about Barca. Their second goal, was it as good as it looked live? It was incredible. It was, yeah. it, honestly, it was absolutely incredible. And what, honestly, it's, it's always Spurs. It's literally always Spurs. Yeah. You get these goals that's just got like Matic in the uh, bloody yeah, semi final or whatever. Yeah. Just absolute screamer. Uh, uh, well, I mean, the last Champions League game against Inter, their equaliser yeah. was like worldy. Yeah, Icardi, absolutely and unbelievable strike. From, from my vantage point, it looked like for that volley, for him to get on top of it, he had to almost jump. To, to it was just, I thought, wow. It, it was like a, a karate kick or a scissor kick. It, well, it was, I, it was, I was expecting Rose you know, no. I was expecting it to fly over the bar. Um, perhaps I've watched Sissoko hit too many shots, mm. but. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It did look pretty special to be honest. I've not watched the game back. I probably will watch the highlights at some point on TV. But um, yeah, it did look pretty special. And it was kind of you. You always know when it's a special goal when even like the home fans were like, yeah. "Wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well done." <laughs> I, I have a question for you whilst we're on the Barca game. Yeah. What score did you think it was going to be going into the match? What did I think the score would be? Yeah. I. I uh, call me overly optimistic. I genuinely thought we were going to win. Um, right. mo- not down, not because of any kind of uh, arrogance over Barcelona or any of the rubbish about how out of form they were, but their defending genuinely isn't great. And I felt with Kane in the side, you- you're going to get a goal um, against them. And I, and I genuinely felt that with Pochettino as a manager, we'd be quite solid. My whole thing went out the window within the opening two minutes I um, yeah I, I, I agree I went in the game uh, somewhat optimistic I, I mm. thought it would be a score draw I thought both yeah. teams you know w- were going to score and you yeah. know both both defences could be vulnerable to a goal um, but I just thought I thought with the tactics with that Pochettino put out when I saw the team that, that optimism just went out the window um, yeah 4-2-3-1 yep and we were playing Winks and Wanyama, who between them over the last year have played, you know, about five games or something. Yeah. Like that's that's incredible to think that they're going up against Barcelona. Uh, and I, at that point, I, I well, two minutes in, like you say, I, I just thought it was going to be a hammering. I really thought it was I... going to be five or six. I worried at that point it was going to be a hammer, and I've got to be mm. honest. And when we went into the second half and Messi at the post twice in like two minutes, like almost identical, I was kind of like, oh, this is just so bad. This is so bad. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of... I, I don't know. There is a real team spirit still there. You know, we've not been ourselves this season or ourselves as we've come to know ourselves. But there is obviously still a team spirit there because there was a fair old bit of ranting at each other going on in that first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I could see it so much. Uh, I don't know how much of this goes on and you've seen on TV, but uh, Trippier and Toby laid into each other, like really, really having to go at each other about two or three times in that first half. And whether that's just they know each other and you know this is kind of how they get themselves back into it, snap back into it, I don't know. But the second half, them two especially seem to have a much better kind of understanding or, or Sanchez moved across and it, it just seemed to kind of solidify a little bit. Um, but then, you know, Messi just took the game away again. It, uh, you know, again, it's... yeah, I'd say as much as we weren't at it, especially first half, when you when you got somebody like Messi and you said you went to the match, you know, yeah. for like well obviously Spurs, but part of it is to see Messi and you know, yeah, everybody wants to see Messi. I haven't seen him yet in my lifetime live, yeah. but I would love to go see a match just to watch him. Yeah, um, when you got somebody as good as him, and he, yesterday was he was at the pinnacle of his game. He he was rolling yeah. back the years and he was controlling everything. Everything he did was magic and. I saw uh, I saw one of the pundits or somebody uh, wrote something about how he was both playing the Messi role and the Xavi role last night. He, he was dropping hmm. deep and he was just you know dictating the game from that deep lying midfielder role, and then he was getting up the other end of the pitch and scoring. And, and yeah. it, it was just a masterclass. I don't know what it was like for you to to, to see him live. 
it, you you realise that he does so much when the ball's nowhere near him, and he must just be a nightmare for defenders and everyone because they if you get tight to him, he has the ability to beat you before the ball's you know before you even realise it. If you stand off him, he'll turn and pick a pass that is just inch perfect. You he's just one of those players that is just so good. You. I don't know what you do. I, I you know, I, I joked Wanyama should have took one for the team taking Messi out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just I honestly I don't know how you defend against him. And I almost feel like Pochettino in his tactics was look, we can't defend against him because it, it's impossible, so we're gonna try and outscore them. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, you know, we I might concede three, but our our goal is to score four. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you hit the nail on the head there because he said before the match, he said we're not going to do any tactics to try and stop Messi. You can't stop Messi, but yeah. I mean, you can certainly try. I mean, like hindsight's a great thing, but um, Wanyama's barely played any minutes this season. Yeah. I think there was uh, someone there was someone on Sky Sports and it said Wanyama was, and it was like his first touch. Was he lost the ball and yeah. it led to the first goal? Um, and you think if if Dyer had started, I know he hasn't been the finest form, but you know those sort of uh, errors you, you'd hope. Yeah, it, it's difficult because of course Dyer has been so out of form. Yeah. And in every game we've seen Dyer play, he is misplacing passes, uh, over hitting or under hitting, and he he looks like a player who looks short on confidence. You know. He actually came on last night, and coming on, perhaps into the game fresh, he looked more like his self. Yeah. You know, yeah. he he looked commanding, he looked uh, aggressive in, in the right way, and and perhaps he needs to just play himself back in a bit like that, maybe come off the bench for a few games, I don't know. But Wanyama definitely just looked like a player who hadn't played a lot, which, which he hasn't, and, you know, for... Uh, you know, a baptism of fire, isn't it? You know, Winks and Wanyama. Right, you guys haven't actually played together ever, mm. <laughs> and you've had yeah. a combined total of thirty minutes on the pitch. So, uh, good luck stopping, you know, Messi. Um, yeah. Do your best, boys. Now, when it comes to Winks, I, I was quite surprised. I thought he was phenomenal. I, I watched him sprint back in like the dying minutes and tackle Messi take the ball off him and then play it forward again to start another attack. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. And I was just like, wow, you know, the, you know, he's finding his feet again. And how great must that have felt to be, you know, little Harry Winks taking the ball off Messi's feet? I mean, <laughs> talk about living the dream. Yeah, um, well, I, I said it earlier. He was absolutely... Um, I, I just love the fact that he likes to get on the ball. Yeah. It, it's it's a rarity that England have got a midfielder that does that. So I can only see him getting in the England squad. I mean, he's in his squad. Yeah. I can only is, see him yeah. getting in the England team because we don't have that many creative midfielders. And to have a local lad from Spurs, you know, getting in minutes against Barcelona and, and you know, playing well, he was one of our better players, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's great. But, uh, I, you know, Ericsson's injured, isn't he? So he's going to get more minutes. Yes. What did you think about Lamella's performance? Well, you know I like Lamella. Lamella's. Yep. Uh, I've been. Me a, too. I've been a fan of his from start. Um, what <laughs> the best, You know that first half where things weren't going our way and people yep. couldn't get anywhere near Barcelona players. Yeah. Lamella was getting stuck in. Lamella's. Oh, oh, oh! Hang on. Yeah. Let me tell me. Yeah. Did he hit somebody? Yeah. 
My brother swears blind he clotheslined someone. I didn't see it. He reckons he ran at him and just cracked him in the face and then pleaded innocence and didn't even get booked for it. Oh, uh, no, I think he did get booked for it, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, he got booked for it, but, you know, that that's what I like about the Melo. Like, he wears his heart <laughs> on his sleeve. He's literally sliding in to every tackle like as though he's about to break the guy's leg. And, uh, yeah, I think it was Bushgets or somebody. He, he just clipped him in the face. Uh, what? Like, like, not really going for the ball either. Like, we were 2-0 oh, down, and you're thinking, you know... The Mello, the Mello just sticks one on somebody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's an aggressive sod. I mean, I like him for that. And we always play Lamella booking bingo, you know? Which which 10-minute period is he going to get booked in this game? Well, at half-time, I was thinking he was going to get sent off, so I was looking for, like, old Bet365 and, like, try, <laughs> try, trying to find a, a bet for it. But, no, he's... Uh, he really is playing himself into uh, in, into form and into you know the starting oh, team. He's, he's, yeah, been, he's I mean, been great he's, the past sort of four or well. five he games, did, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean he got another goal. Uh, yeah, it took a deflection, but you know it was his goal. Um, he scored a few in in the league now. He, yeah, he looks like the player that we were kind of hoping he'd be a few years ago, which is oh, it, he couldn't have come at a better time really because yeah. with the injuries we got. You know, desperate, and you know, like you said, the lack of squad depth. We're just desperate for something, and and he seems to be providing it. And I've always thought he could be potentially the real competition for Ericsson in that sort of number ten role, if you like, because he can pick passes brilliantly. But little, and he loves to pick the ball up, turn, run, and then try and slide a pass through. And he he offered that a lot, and he you know it was him doing that really that really has been driving us on recently. Yeah. Um. Uh, is, what do you what what? Sorry, mate. I just what, what did you think about Lucas? To be honest, I thought he was one of the the uh, better players in the first half. Um, yeah. Because I that, well I've got this uh, this part of the game in my head where it it was like, I think we were losing one 0 maybe two 0 at this time, but Trippier played a ball down the the side of the pitch and Lucas was onto it and yeah. he he'd, he'd run into the area, he beat his player and he went for the cutback because yeah. it looks for the life of me that Harry Kane had had drawn off the defender and, and was waiting in the pitch and then he'd gone again, and it's like those sort of fine margins in games where if Harry Kane had held back. He'd, yeah. he'd have probably scored there, and, and Lucas would have been the creator. But um, large spells of the game, he's quiet. But you expect it against Barcelona. And you, you can't be yeah. the, the guy that's gonna. You, you can't be Messi against Messi. No, the the reason why I asked is, it was a discussion I was having last night. Which is, do you think, do you think that he, um, his end product could be better? Uh. To be honest, it was something that the, the commentators mentioned, but I've always thought his end product's been all right. Well, he started the season, and uh, it was a goal, uh, you know, the Old Trafford, he went through, and it was just such a brilliant finish. Yeah. You know, so composed, so excellent. And I, and I remember watching that thinking, you know, that's a real kind of Brazilian flair. You know, when he goes through, nine times out of ten, he's going to score. You know, he has that composure and that ability to do it. Um, since then, I mean, he's not picked up another league goal, etc., or, or scored in any competition. But since then, whenever he's gone through, to me, it looks like he's snatching at it. And I, you know, I've not seen him really connect. And there was one time last night he kind of like danced through, he like beat two men, and then his shot a defender came in and blocked it. I think. Yeah. Um, and I, 
it, you know, I it just I don't know. It just uh, it was a little debate we were having watching it live. You know, a bit like uh, I, I think he's possibly a better player, but I used to love watching Aaron Lennon. I knew you were going to mention Lennon. I knew you were going to mention Lennon. Well, he, he's got I, I he, love... no, he's, he's got a much better end product than Lennon. But um, yeah. that that bit that you mentioned where he cut in from the left and he, he beat a couple yeah. of players and then had a shot. I honestly thought you know he was going to score then, but uh, oh, on the replay, I think I think you'll like this, or you might not like this. Yeah. I think the shot was actually going wide. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it looked that way on the replay, but oh, well, I mean, I I thought that was it was like a Ricky Velia moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He beat the guy, and then he came across, and as he was lining up a shot, I thought this is just bottom corner. I was up. I was I was ready to cheer like a lunatic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I. I mean, that would have been 3-3. Free free. Um, I don't know. It was strange, strange, uh, strange night. And the, the thing I think I find strangest about it is I didn't come away from it feeling completely... The Inter Milan game, I came away from that feeling completely gutted, dejected, you know, angry, aggravated. Yeah. You can name an emotion I was there, a negative emotion I was definitely there. I didn't come away from that defeat last night feeling that. I was kind of like, yeah, no one likes losing. But, uh, and even with the travel and everything, I, I just generally felt that we were in patches very good. Unfortunately, one or two serious lapses just handed them goals. And you cannot hand Barcelona goals. You, you know, you can. It's difficult enough to beat them when you're at your best. And when you look at our squad, um, I am a massive fan of academy lad uh, Skip. Yeah. But when you see him named on the bench for a Champions League game, you know you've got squad depth issues. Yeah. Yeah. We we were missing. Probably would have started Ericsson. Yeah. Um, Dembele. Yeah. Um, Ali. Uh, Delhi. Yeah. Um. You look at going backwards, Jan Vertonghen. Definitely. So that's four first-team players missing. I would say that if you take four out of anyone's first team, they are going to be the poorer for it. You know, if you took four away from Barcelona from their first team, we could have done a lot more. Um, you take four away from Man United, Liverpool, you know, especially if I get to pick the four. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you, but you know what I'm saying? You, you can't take four first-team players out and, and maintain the exact same level unless, of course, you're Man City when David Silva comes off and they bring on Mares or yeah. Aguero mean, goes off and they bring on Jesus. The, the player that I thought we missed the most against Barcelona... Uh, mm, arguably, you could say Vertonghen because obviously he's he's one of our better defenders. Yep. But Eriksson's the man that makes us tick. If there's ever yeah. like a game which you need Eriksson, it's probably not against somebody that's going to have the you know backs against the wall and be no. defending. It's something like Barcelona where you're gonna, you're going to get a bit of space and he's going to have time to pick a pass. Yeah, that's that's who we missed yesterday. I thought I but... I, I agree. A thousand percent with you, mate. I, I, a game like that where teams are open against you, Ericsson is he looks another level mm. when he's like that. Um, he, he really does, and unfortunately, he's missed that game. I hope he's back and able to play when we go there for the reverse fixture because 
I'm I'm not terrified about us going to the to the new camp or Camp New or Barcelona, whatever the hell they call it. Yeah. I, I, I am not I it sounds crazy because they are such a good side, but I honestly don't feel we were completely mismatched. After the opening two minutes, I, I thought we were going to get hammered and it was going to be embarrassing. But I don't feel that we were we didn't deserve. We we were just missing some key players, and we made some silly mistakes. If we'd eradicated that and we'd had those people in the team, I think we could have won last night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Barcelona were the better team there. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you they expect were. that, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're probably a billion pound team. Yeah, yeah, they um, are. They've got some and, real quality in there that, that you, you can't necessarily defend against, but what you hope is is that you won't make silly mistakes and that that's what happened. No. Um, there were a couple of things that. Um, there was booing at half time. Yeah, I heard that. That came up on now, the. Yeah, I could hear that over the TV, yeah. Now, Matt, who isn't with us today, but messaged me because he wanted to make it abundantly clear because he understands from social media TV were saying that Tottenham fans were booing the team because of how poor the first half was. We were booing the ref. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> In Club Wembley, I think they were booing the selection of sandwiches, completely unrelated. But, in uh, yeah, it was the referee. And I thought from being there live, the referee was atrocious. Right, okay. What What... Did it come across that way, or am I just being very biased? Oh, well, it's, uh, you know, I read um, Manchester United fans were booing their, their players off after the Valencia match the day before, and I, I thought we were booing our own team. Uh, I, no, no, I, I, I thought it was completely un- unprovoked sort of thing, that, that, you know, it's Barcelona and it's the first half. Um, no. I, it, I didn't really know what it was, but yeah, social media seems to suggest it was uh, it, it was booing our own team. No, well, I I can tell you from being, you know, it was <laughs> everyone was pretty much hating on the referee from start to finish, and and the booze was kind of directed at him. Um, everyone felt we weren't getting any decisions at all. But obviously, that wasn't the case from TV. It, it looked fairly, fairly. Well, he looked fairly even. It sounds like he could have sent Lamella off. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe a different day. Um, Here's a question. Heroes. That's what yep. Pochettino described the Spurs players after the match. Um, Do you agree? I get what he meant. It's always very difficult because you've got to remember the, the, the obvious language and expression barrier that we have. Um, I think what he meant, because I have read this, is it would have been very easy for a team conceding that early against Barcelona to get hammered. Four, five, six, nil. That was my fear. I thought we were going to get hammered, and I think what he's trying to say is the fact that they stuck to it. They got you know to go two one and then to go three one right away again. It could have been very easy for the game to have become four, five, six, one. Yeah. But but we battled back again and made it three two. So easily could have been three all. Um, so yeah, I kind of get what he means. I think choice of word being heroes is wrong. Because, <laughs> you know, what what do you do? You know, we talk in sport a lot about legend gets thrown around far too easily. Oh, this this person's a legend. Why are they a legend? Oh, we played for us twice and yeah. didn't 
die, you know? It, it kind of gets thrown around a lot. And Hero, again, you know, he's always a club hero. Well, why, why is he a hero? Because we paid him a hundred grand a week and he played football for us. Oh, that makes him a hero. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't think hero is the right word. I think you, you always got to take into account as well what the manager says to the press, the players read. And I think he knows that we've got another game Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And he knows that our squad is threadbare. And he knows we've got injuries. And he knows that Lamella's just come off injured. And did they say anything about that? Because I was... It, it looked looked kind of innocuous. And then all of a sudden he was signalling that he couldn't carry on. Which worried me. To, to be honest, I, at the time I thought it was... Um, you know, it was getting towards the end of the game. When it was about 15 minutes left. And he'd run himself yeah. into the ground. So yeah. I'm really yeah, hoping it, it, it's more of a precaution thing. Or, or may, may, I... may, maybe he just thought he couldn't carry on at 100% anymore. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you're chasing the game, you want everybody to be like really yeah. up and at it. So yeah. so uh, that's what I'm hoping. Um, yeah, well, me, me too. I mean, it, it's the downside of being there. You can't see... Mm. All, all you saw was him just stop, sit down, and then then have to go off. And it was like, oh, please don't be, please don't tell me he's hurt, you know, proper injured. Because you look at our injury list. Like I said, we got a game, and I I I think perhaps Pop knows you lose four two against Barcelona at Wembley in front of a packed house, and then you got to play your next game. And with the greatest respect, the standard of opposition isn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. It could be very easy not to be up for that next game. I think he's just thinking ahead. I got to do something to build him up. Talking about um, lack of players and, and you know, especially in that sort of attacking sort of third. Uh, did you see um, Forgotten Man was uh, was part of the squad for uh, the Huddersfield game? The Forgotten Man. Yeah, Mister Unkudu. He was he was either the nineteenth or twentieth oh, member of the squad yes, against yes, Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah so yeah. He, he he travelled with the squad and he he was on the pitch warming down and things like that in case somebody was dropped from the bench and he'd have come yeah. in. Um, yeah. So I, I think if it is a case that Lamella's injured, we'll, we'll probably see him some part of the, the oh, squad. Man, that's that's frightening. You know, if he scores, you gotta eat something, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I've got my hat ready, but that was from that, last season. That was from last season. It's You're getting right. a bit dusty that one. But if 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 he scores, we'll just celebrate. How about yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> we'll <laughs> go on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what you were gonna say then. <laughs> I, I um. Yeah, I mean, we got the game coming. The injury list, we're not going to know what's going to happen. I mean, the Barcelona game then, kind of final thoughts. For me, like I said, I'm not totally disparaged. I think there were a lot of positives in there. Looking at how Harry Winks plays, I hope reminded a lot of people, the kid is naturally gifted and talented. You've just got to stick with him. He isn't going to be amazing overnight because he's just had a whole season ruined by an injury. But... You know, give him give him chance to get back in and play. And I hope it's reminded a lot of people. I hope people who have written off Lamella. I mean, people on our page call him a headless chicken. Yeah, the guy was running down, chasing everything. You can call him a headless chicken, but to me, as a compliment, he was hammering people. He was hounding them. He he never stopped the whole time he was on the pitch. And you know, he got the goal, which was well deserved. I I hope that perhaps people can find the positives in it. Um, what what about yourself? What's kind of your final thought from it? 
Um, well, back, back on the heroes thing, I wouldn't have said they were heroes, you know. <laughs> They've been heroes if they came back from 3-1 and won. Um, yeah. But... I, Considering the situation with the injuries, uh, the team yeah. we were playing against, Wembley, the fact we went 1-0 down and then, you know, 2-0 and 2-1 and then 3-1 and then, you know, we, we kept looking like we were going to get an equaliser. Uh, you know, it, it, it was, it, well, it was a, it, it was, it was a good effort sort of thing, but, you know, yeah. um, yeah, we'll, we'll go again. It's going to be a case of, uh, Champions League and, and, and beating PSV. Um, yeah. that's that's a must win, obviously. Well, well, we need to do a double over them, and we need to win at least one of our games, return games against Inter and and Barcelona. I think we can do the double over PSV. I think we've got yeah. the ability to do that. I also think we were the better team against Inter, but just had a five minute complete brain, you know, brain fart, and they won. And... I think. I think at Wembley, we yeah, beat yeah. Them. I was about to say that, and it was away from home. I mean, yep. uh, uh, the the sheer sort of hysteria about going to um, going to San Siro, it, it was electric atmosphere that night. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I think that played a big part in it as well. Um, I think Wembley, or, or you know, at home anyway, will uh, will have an advantage against them. So I don't, I don't, I can see us winning. Then it's well three three of the games that we played. Yeah. Barcelona away, we could probably write that one off. Uh, well, well, we it could be treated like a free hit. You yeah. know, think about when we went to the Bernabeu last time, last season. That was kind of like a free hit, and it ended up bringing a point away because we just played really well. Um, the the biggest issue for me, and it's something we said right off the bat for the podcast, is squad depth, and that I can see being the biggest thing that's going to trip us up. Because, like we just said, on paper, I'd back us to win two against PSV. I'd back us to win the return against Inter. And I'd even say we've got a shot of coming away with a point from you know from Barcelona. But it is going to be the injuries. Because if we were to take our side right now... You know, if you look at that team that was named last night to face Barcelona in the Champions League... I can almost guarantee you, if everybody was fit and Pochettino picked that side to play in the League Cup, people would be livid. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got to kind of realise that he's got to work with what he's got. Now, people are going to be angry, and I know there's loads of comments about this is why we should have signed players in the summer, etc., etc. That's a separate debate now. That debate is gone. I don't think there's a Spurs fan who doesn't think, I wish we'd signed some uh, you know some quality players some additional players but for whatever reason and you know it can be talked about for hours and this we have done in the past on the podcast we didn't sign anybody we have got what we've got it's a little way until january now and we all know the january window isn't one that we tend to do a lot in ever so we are kind of where we are we got to just Pochettino has to work with what he's got I, I don't know, man. I, I um, that's the only thing I could see. You know, I'm I'm still fairly positive about our chances in the Champions League. Mm. I've read loads of people just writing us off. Well, no, I don't think so. I I think you know, Inter and Barcelona are going to take points off each other in the coming days, in the coming games. Sorry, and we got the opportunity with the double header against PSV to go up to six points. I mean. I... Like you, I, I was getting texts off my friends saying, uh, better look next time. 
Yeah. So so everyone's written us off, which which could work in our favour. Um, yeah. I think there will have to be some serious squad rotation to uh, to keep fit over these next next twenty one days or whatever it is. There is. Um, you you think about you know we play Man City on the Monday, um, a game. Uh, people can laugh at me for saying this, but a game where if we lose to Man City at home, then we're definitely not in a title race this season. Yeah. You know, and people can laugh and say, we're not in it already. Well, we are still, look at the table. But if you lose to Man City now, then no, you're not. You're 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 done. Um, and then the focus has to switch then to maintaining a top four position, yeah. which means you got to beat you know, pretty much everybody else. Um, from a Cups point of view, so we play that on the Monday. Now, everybody knows the, the whole trophy thing is going crazy. So that's the Monday night. On Wednesday night, we travel to West Ham in the in the League Cup. Arguably, the League Cup is the easiest of the competitions to win. I say arguably because it, it's still a Cup knockout competition where one-off games madness can happen you know it just can man city lose to bristol city last year or whoever it was you know <laughs> mad you know man united i think it was you know madness can happen now we travel there the team that plays man city on a monday physically is not going to be able to play west ham on the wednesday yeah you know people can Laugh at that, you know. Oh, well, I play, I play three football games a week. Yeah, you're not an elite level athlete. Don't, don't try and compare yourself. It's, yeah. it's, it's just embarrassing when people do that. You know, the amount they get paid, they should be able to play football twice in a week. You have a real misunderstanding of how elite athletic and sports work if you think that. <laughs> um, so you know, they all play that game. Anyone who's going to be playing Wednesday is going to need to be training on the Tuesday, ready for that game. Yeah. And anyone who plays on the Monday needs to have the Tuesday morning recovery, ice, things like that. It just has to happen at this level of sport. So, when we play West Ham in the League Cup, it's going to be a full-on mismatch. You know, you're talking about Nkudu getting, getting minutes. I think he's going to get minutes in that game. Yeah. Mate, I was, I was looking ahead to... Cardiff. And yeah. I'd be surprised if a lot of the team that played, well, we looked at Lamella with with his injury. Uh, people will pick up knocks that, that weren't picked up in, in the match. Yeah. Um, they'll be picked up maybe today or, or tomorrow. Um, yeah. With that being said, and your man Skip on the bench, how yeah. comfortable would you be with him starting? 100% comfortable. Really? I, I think people will be blown away by that kid and how composed he is and how he is he could it's going to sound ridiculous but he could have come on against Barcelona last night and kicked Messi up in the air stood over him like who the hell do you think you are the kid is just not not in any kind of horrible disrespectful way but just in the, he just played a game as if he was playing any game he, he is so composed and I, I'd have no qualms of him starting being on the bench I do just want to very very quickly because I don't want it to go out of my head want to give a special mention to Luke Amos uh, Luke Amos uh, at the start of this season was involved in our first team squad a lot because of how much he impressed on the US tour yeah. 
Uh, people talked about, you know, a similar story to like Ryan Mason. He'd been on loan. Most people were expecting him to leave this summer. Went on the tour, worked his socks off. Uh, they're on merit in the first team squad. Uh, he's had a very nasty injury playing for the under-23s. He's actually been ruled out for the whole season. Um, just want to send my best to Luke yeah, because yeah. Um, he's, he's a Tottenham boy um, living the dream and hopefully he can rehab well and he can come back stronger next year. But yeah, really, really sad news when I saw that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, you saw Skip on the bench last night. Yeah, if, if Amos hadn't got that injury, you imagine? Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. It would have been. Would've, been. Yeah, yeah, it would have been just just because of the little bit more maturity. Um, yeah. he's that little bit more older. He's played a full season of first team games on loan, albeit his Stevenage. Yeah. he still had that first team football. Uh, you're talking about Cardiff. I'd have no qualms with Skip uh, being on the bench again or, or starting. I, I think, like I said, I think people will be blown away by him when they get to see him. I, I try my best, <laughs> desperately try my best not to overhype people because it's criminal. Because if I overhype them, people then have this unrealistic expectation. And with a minute, they don't hit that. Like with Winks, the minute Harry Winks isn't the same guy we all saw at the Bernabeu last year, people are saying he's not good enough to play for Tottenham anymore. It's I, I saw some people just saying he's a crap Tom Carroll. I mean, I <laughs> how how can someone even have that as an opinion? Yeah. I I don't know, but yeah, uh, I the, the Cardiff game. I again, it's going to be such a. It's a game we have to win because we have to just try and keep even. I know we've just lost the the Champions League game, but you know we won three, we lost three, we won three. We can't get into that habit, you know. So so we need we need to win this game just to kind of put the Barcelona game in a box and go right. That's over there, but domestically we've won four in a row, you know. Yeah. No. No. I mean. At the start of the season, when you looked at you know the situation we were in, if you asked or, or told me that you could have had five out of seven wins, I'd have taken it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's not the worst start to the season. The Champions League could have been better, um, but realistically, I, I, you know, I'd sort of written off Barcelona game. So um, I don't think we're doing too bad. Um, injuries are getting on top of us and things like that, but I, I think. Uh, I think if we if we win again at the weekend, um, you know, we'll look in a good position really. You'll yeah. be saying six wins out of a possible eight. And that, and that's dare I say, albeit not winning the title form, which I know a lot of people are going to point out to us, it is top four and challenging form, um, and that's kind of where we are. And and let's face it, given. The stadium debacle, given the summer of no transfers, given the problems that we're facing, I think if someone was to say to us, look, you finished the season in the top four, I think everyone would kind of take that at the moment. I think people would be very keen to take that. Um, So I just want to run through some other things before we come on to the comments. Uh, Yesterday, we also had a UEFA Youth League game, uh, which is our youth team versus Barcelona's youth team. Worth pointing out that Barcelona's youth team are the current holders, and we drew one all. Um, they went one nil up from a corner after we dominated, created great chances, and then they got a set piece and scored from a header. How familiar does that sound? <laughs> yeah. Um, but we got an equaliser. A young striker or a young striker, Riddell Richards, absolutely brilliant finish. Okay. Really, really top class. 
I'm going to forget, Radal, that you missed a real sitter about five minutes, ten minutes earlier, because that finish for the equaliser was sweet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's worth reminding people as well, if you're interested in the youth games, you can go along the Hotspur way and watch them. The fixtures are on the website. You know, Just look into it. It is possible to go and watch. Also, it's worth pointing out that the UEFA Youth League is televised on BT Sport. Now, if you don't have BT Sports, I understand there are some ways that people can watch games online. I mean, I know nothing about that and certainly wouldn't promote it, but the games are there. Oh, don't look at me either. I'm, uh, I, yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that. Well, who, who would? Who would know <laughs> things like that? Awful. And uh, I want to give an update and a shout-out to the Spurs ladies team as well. The Spurs ladies team are second in the FA Women's Championship table. They have played free and won free, so they're second just on a, with a game in hand over Manchester United in first. Uh, if they win their game in hand, obviously they'll be top. Uh, their next game, though, is going to be a massive test. They're a way to lose. L-E-W-E-S. Lose? Luez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and lose a third. So it's second place, third in their next game. Uh, that's this weekend. So very, very good luck to them. Hopefully that that's another win for them and make it four from four. That'd be phenomenal. Uh, so my friend, it's time for us to kind of hand over and let's get some fan questions on the go. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Okay, so here we go then. Um, I, I think, dare say, we've possibly already covered some of these, but but we'll rattle through them. Uh, the very first thing written on here is by Matthew Fleming. Matthew says, Our current injury crisis is getting ridiculous now. However, we are a club now with depth. Oh, hang on. That's contradicted me. And it is a chance for some of the fringe players to show what they're made of. Which squad players do you think could seize the chance to claim a starting 11 spot? For me, Winks has turned into a beautiful deep-lying playmaker who made us tick in the second half. Um, I, I've said a few times squad depth for me was kind of a uh, kind of a problem. Um, he's pointing out that some of the fringe players now need to step up. I think Harry Winks, yeah, that's a good shout. I think Harry Winks is a perfect example of a player who could potentially grab a first team place. Do you agree? Yeah, Winks is. Uh, I think I think he's, he's probably going to be one of the first ones in the team sheet. So yeah, definitely. No, okay, no, I agree. Um, we also have here Liam Hickey says, "Does Gazaniga deserve a run based on form?" What do you think? No. I agree. (laughs) 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 That's no... Gazaniga's played very, very well. And Hugo Lloris made a couple of mistakes last night. You you don't drop Harry Kane um, because he's added missed a couple of open goals and Lorente scores... In a, in when he comes on, it doesn't happen. You know, Lloris is the quality world class player, and we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; if he makes a few more clangers every game for the next few weeks, I'll probably be chanting for him to be replaced as well. Uh, Paul Matthew says, uh, "Nothing depressing today, please." Oh, sorry, Paul. Hopefully, <laughs> not been too bad. Uh, it'd be great to chat about something new, other than the barrage of what's gone wrong questions. Um, he, he says MC to stamp his authority well Matt's not here so the lunatics are running the asylum oh man I feel bad um, now he wants to know our ultimate Spurs five aside team and could you do that little quiz you did again um, 
the next the next one um we will do the ultimate spurs five aside team we'll get all of us admins to put them together and we'll talk about it on the next podcast um I wonder, should, do we have to have a goalkeeper, Dan? Do you reckon, or can we play rushbacks? Ah, uh, no, you'd need a goalkeeper. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll take the race now. All right, so, so one keeper and four outfield players. We'll do that. All the admins will do it. I'm going to make Laura do it, even though you know she pretends she's not real. And, um, and then we have got the quiz back next week. It was going to be this week, but we, we've kind of chatted so much about the Barcelona game. I've cut it. Um, Jeff William Lake says, why didn't we buy anyone to help build a stronger team, especially with resting players, with injuries we have? Um, Jeff, I I think there's so much conjecture out there, so many different possibilities and so many reasons. I'm starting to believe from what I've read, we simply could not afford the players Pochettino wanted. Yeah. And he <clears throat> did not want to just buy for the sake of it. Yeah, I, I'd like to add to that. that yeah. The, if you wanted to improve the squad, you had to spend money, not only on, on, on the transfer, but on wages. And we wouldn't yep. do it. So, but, uh, as simple as. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, Alpesh K. Patel says, Team enrichment was needed. I love the term team enrichment for signing people, by the way. Um, we've missed the boat uh, with the injuries versus Barca, but the club could could come up short again. Because we keep on punching above our weight, we need to strengthen in January, especially in midfield. Um, uh, January is a tricky window. I say it. Everyone says it. I don't know if we are going to do anything in January, but... Trust me, I dare say the questions will start getting put to the manager any day now. <laughs> uh, well, I think the, I think Pochettino will be asking the question to uh, to Levy as well now because um, you know generally is a time that if if your squad is looking better, yeah, then it, you know you need to. It's, it's more of an emergency than anything. So even if it's somebody on loan or somebody, it, it'd be good. Uh, yeah. Jack, Jack Grealish was at the game last night. Really. He was, yep. Just after signing his new contract and uh, the manager getting sacked. Yep, he was there. Um, oh, so, interesting. Yeah, Matt Hope says, I guess just try and silver line last night. I hope I did that, Matt. Uh, maybe chances on getting out of the group. Yeah, we, we just covered that. I still think we got a very good chance. Um, people could call me names for that, I guess, but yeah. Um, David Hunt says, after four losses, now we've heard it's a tough loss, but we'll learn from it and move on. So what have we learned? <laughs> That's a fair point. So, yeah, David's pointing out that after four of our defeats this season, we've heard the same thing, which is we will learn from this and we will move on. I think, I don't know, Dan, do you want to cover this and I'll, or or do you want me to go? Um, for me, what have we learned? Um, we've learned that we have a lack of squad depth. Um, um, I mean, I... I don't know. A lack of a lack of quality squad depth. Yeah. Or, or lack of lack of experienced quality squad depth. I I would say some of the kids from our academy like Skip, etc., are phenomenal young players. But phenomenal young players are still young players. I yeah. It, you look at us compared to our rivals, I think for me, I think what we've learned from the defeats is that too many of our players still switch off at vital times for whatever reason it is they are still doing it um 
does that mean it's a coaching thing does that mean it's a a mentality thing for the individuals or for the team that needs addressing does it simply mean that because players aren't feeling the competition of people breathing down their necks fighting for their shirt uh, just just on that I've noticed with Serge Aurier, unfortunately he's just got injured, which is sod's law, but Serge Aurier really performed well before he got injured. Yeah. Have you noticed that Trippier's really upped his game again as well? He's, he's certainly found form again, yeah. He was, yeah, he started the season really yeah. poorly. Yeah. And then Serge kind of came in on merit, and suddenly the, the one player who, I've, who, to me, this season so far, I just doesn't seem to be able to find his feet is Ben Davies. He's, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's actually in my fantasy team. and uh, you know, well, well, it's your fault then, Dan. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I've got him in and I'm thinking every week, you know, he started pretty much every Premier League game for his last season. But rightfully so, you know, Rose has got in the team ahead of him because he, he hasn't yeah. been at, at his best. And it's, it's odd because he's one of the few players that had a full pre-season. You're, yeah, I, I, we, me and Matt talked about it. You, you kind of look at all the reasons why some of the players have started so sluggishly. But Ben, none of the excuses apply. He wouldn't at the World Cup. He had a full break. He had a full preseason. He played preseason friendlies. It, I, it's as simple as he's just not in form. And yeah. Danny, I'm pleased to say, is looking like he's in form, but yeah. he's being managed because of that injury. He might not like it, and for a lot of fans might not understand it, but at the moment, he can't be playing two games close to each other. He needs to be managed still to get back into that rhythm. One, um, one player yeah. I would like to see is Cal Walker-Peters play again. Yep, I, I think he, I, yeah. I think he's going to play this weekend. Yeah, I mean... Like you say, Ori is injured, so yep. Trip has played two games in what three, four days. Yep. So yep. it's a great opportunity for for Carl Walker Peters, and he'll be being played at right back, which is is his natural position, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and I'd love to see him play, um, mostly because he, he you know he wasn't allowed to go out on loan. The manager wanted to keep him in the squad. I think the manager wanted to keep him around because yes, he's a great right back, right sided player, but he can play very well as a left back uh, it's not his preferred position but he can really do well there so yeah I, I think the manager wants to keep him there because obviously injuries he covers both sides but for me I want to see him get games it's the only way he's going to improve and learn so yeah hopefully he'll start I mean who I, I could not even begin to try and predict who's going to be in our team for Cardiff it, when when I have a little look at it, um, I sort of think it's going to be very much the same sort of squad that played Barcelona, which yeah. sounds awful on paper, yeah. it, just because of the you know the amount of effort that they went through. But I reckon it's going to be something along the lines of like Larice, I think Kyle Walker Peters, probably yeah. Toby Alderweireld, Sanchez, and at left back you're looking at Danny Rose. Um, so yeah. I reckon that'll be the back five. Um, probably thinking two in midfield. I'd like I'd like to see Wanyama play again because he got yep. taken off. He, you know he, he shouldn't be too fatigued. Uh, no. Winks as well. So again, yeah. that's pretty similar. And then the front sort of four, you've got you know Lucas. Son got taken off. I didn't think he had a very good game against Barcelona. 
No, no. From where I was, he was trying to beat a fullback who had the beating of him all day. He yeah. just kept trying to beat him for pace, and the fullback was like lightning. Yeah, Kane's um, got to start, and, and then you know, depending on Lamella's yeah. fitness, it, you know, he's, he's probably going to start because he's been in such good form. So, I think the team sort of picks itself purely down to injuries. Um, yep. So, so you think Sissoko in and captain, yeah? Uh, captain for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a painful thought. Um, my friend, I mean, we, we've talked, we're done. Um, yeah. We need to wrap it up. So, a uh, big thank you to everybody for listening. Um, we hope we've managed to silver line it and we hope we weren't too depressing sort of dissecting the Barcelona game. Uh, I found a lot of positives in it. Uh, hopefully you listening found some as well. Uh, we're back, of course, next week. But also, uh, the, one of the reasons why we're missing Matt today, Matt is doing some research because Matt is going to be interviewing another Tottenham legend tomorrow, Paul Miller. Maxi is better known as. Um, he's going to be meeting him at a private gentleman's club in London. Ooh. Yeah, let your uh, let your own minds go there. <laughs> but uh, basically, he's going to be meeting him tomorrow, doing the interview tomorrow. Um, so I'll get that edited over the weekend, and we'll put that out soon. If you haven't, and please tell me you have, but if you haven't listened to Matt's interview with Mickey Hazard, find it and listen to it. It is brilliant. As a Tottenham fan, you can't not be just inspired and blown away by listening to Mickey talk about the club. Um, But from me, my friend, uh, that's everything. I will speak to you again soon. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.